The Gratitude Podcast, episode 66. We always have choices, and I think we often forget that. And if nothing else, I mean, even if there truly is no other choice, which if you look hard enough, there probably is. It might not be the best choice, but there's normally another choice. We at least have the choice to change our focus. We have the ability to change how we think about these things. And this is why I always say that stress isn't the problem because we can't control or change the stress. That's why it's stress. If we could change it, it wouldn't be stress. We would just deal, yeah, we would just solve the problem. Uh, but we can change our focus. And so I think that's really important. And gosh, I remember, you know, we all have days where we may wake up and just kind of go, Ugh, and you know, life is beating us down or the, you know, nothing's working. The computer dies, the photos disappear, you know, what the cat throws up all that, you know, you just, Hey, we have that kind of day. And I remember having that kind of day. I was just, I woke up and just no, just felt no joy. And I'm going through my day and I was just miserable and I didn't want to do anything. And just one of those days. And I th- saw a woman at a gas station, stopped to get gas. And of course the pump I wanted was not working. And I was just, it just kept compounding. And I look over and there's this older woman and she's trying to put air in her tires. And my first thought was, I don't want to go help her. You know, I felt this like slight obligation of go help the older woman. And then I thought, Groover, you know, go help the woman. And so I did, I walked over and I said, you know, can I help you? Oh dear, that would be so great. And I spent, you know, spent five minutes helping this woman put air in her tires and checking the, you know, the tire with the gauge thing. And, you know, did, and I kind of, I walked away going, I feel better. Welcome to the Gratitude Podcast on www.georgeandbenta.com, where you'll hear a new story each week that will inspire more gratitude in your own life. Our mission is to inspire 100,000 people to discover how to feel gratitude and live a happy life through the amazing life stories of our successful guests and their actionable tips. And now, the host of our podcast, George Benta. Hi, Gratitude Seeker. Welcome to a new episode of the Gratitude Podcast. Today with me, I have Kathy Groover, PhD. She is a motivational speaker, an award-winning author, winner of Beverly Hills Book Awards. She has earned a PhD in natural health and has authored seven award-winning books on stress, wellness, and alternative health. She has studied mind-body medicine at the famed Benson Henry Institute for Mind-Body Medicine at the Harvard Medical School, and she has been a featured expert on numerous publications like uh, Glamour, Fitness Time, Wall Street Journal, CNN, Huffington Post, Marie Claire, and Dr. Rose's The Good Life. And now she is here with us. And she will share some amazing things, I'm sure. And I've learned a lot because she's also a TED, TEDx speaker. I've uh, heard and I've watched her um, TEDx speech. And I, th- I thought that it has some great ideas for us. And uh, I'm really happy to, to introduce to you, Kathy Groover. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely. So... Um, what I want to, to learn from you first is what does gratitude mean for you personally? Gratitude for me is it's a shift in perspective. Uh, I do a lot of speaking about stress, which is also a perception. So I think p- focusing on positive things, focusing on that which is in our lives that is mm, leading us to something better. Uh, I think that's what gratitude is. I think it's, I mean, it's, 
simply appreciating those things, those opportunities, those people that we have around us. Uh, and it shifts our focus from the negative stuff, which is what we tend to think about. So I think gratitude is a really useful tool and I think we could use it more. Definitely. I, of course, I definitely agree with this. And uh, I think it's, it's a great tool for, uh, for stress man- management as well. Uh, I know that you, you have a specific, a specific uh, exercise that you recommend. And uh, that's really simple, really easy to do. Uh, and I would appreciate it if you would like to share it with, uh, with our audience. Oh, my mini meditation? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah, you know, it's, I, I was a horrible meditator. I'm very type A. Um, so when, and I'm a dancer. So when people would tell me to sit on a pillow and still my brain and quiet my body, I know. <laughs> terrible at it. Terrible, terrible. Um, and when I studied at Harvard, I had the privilege of learning about the mini meditation. And it's great for people who are on the go. You can do it for 30 seconds. You can do it for a half hour. It's simply concentrating on your breath. And you're not trying to change it. You're not trying to slow it down, speed it up. You're just using that as your anchor. And then on the inhale, you think, I am. And on the exhale, you think, at peace. And you just keep repeating that over and over and over again. And it's what's so great and easy about that is if you're thinking, I am at peace, it's harder for other thoughts to intrude. That tends to be the biggest complaint I hear when people are trying to do seated formal meditation is, you know, all these other thoughts come in and I joke about it. It used to be my to-do list meditation where I'd get, you know, two minutes into it and I'd realize, oh, I forgot to call that guy, you know. So this way it's occupying your mind uh, because two thoughts can't occupy the same space at the same time. That's sort of a physics axiom, but it's, it's close. So just repeating I am at peace and concentrating on the breath. And then the second key to that is when thoughts intrude, not if, because they probably will, when thoughts intrude, just dismiss them without judgment and go back to the I am at peace. And you can substitute that with anything. I am, uh, I have good health, I, you know, an ohm or Mary, or you can replace that I am at peace with whatever fits into your belief system. Um, but it's so great. And it's such an easy thing to do. I do it multiple times a day. Um, and I recommend I've taught that probably to millions of people by this point. It's, it's a great tool. That's awesome. Do you want us to do it right now? Like, can you lead me into this? Sure. And uh, of course, our listeners, uh, this is the good part about uh, a podcast that our listeners can listen wherever they are. Uh, hopefully not uh, not driving right yeah don't close your eyes if you're driving it's a whole yeah. different kind of stress yeah no so okay so go ahead and close your All eyes right. and you're just going to concentrate on your breath the mm-hmm. rise and fall of your chest and you're just observing it you're not trying to change it you're just letting it happen and on your next inhale think I am. And on all of your inhales, think I am. And on your next exhale, think at peace. And on all of your exhales, think at peace. Inhale, I am. Exhale at peace. 
and if other thoughts pop in, just dismiss them without judgment. Let them float away like clouds on a summer day and return to the inhale I am and the exhale at peace. Beautiful. And do one more inhale and exhale and open your eyes. This is beautiful. Great. You just meditated. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I do this during conferences and when I'm speaking. And typically that's my first break during the hour long workshop where I can grab a you know, like a drink of water or something. So I had this almost Pavlovian response of, oh, I get to drink water now. It's kind of funny. I've never, I've never had that happen. That was kind of interesting. But no, good, 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 good work. And what that does is it shuts out all those negative thoughts and it stops that fight or flight response, brings us back to the present moment because in the present moment, there is no stress. The stress is behind us in things we're remembering and dwelling on and in front of us in those things that we're worried about that may or may not even happen that are completely out of our control anyway. Um, and it also trains us to respond rather than react. And that is a huge problem. You know, we have these knee jerk reactions. We overreact. We want first responders. We don't want first reactors. So, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for us to take a little break, take a little vacation in the, in the middle of whatever we're doing. Um, I've started doing it when I'm driving uh, because it's one of the times I still get really stressed. I'm very impatient. It's that Capricorn thing we talked about. Um, <laughs> So, you know, when the light is red, rather than sitting there getting irritated that the man in front of me stopped on the yellow when I thought I was going to get to go too, I take my hands off the steering wheel, don't close my eyes, and I just spend whatever time amount of time that is doing the mini meditation. And it's, you know, why would I, why would I spend those 30 seconds, a minute, however long it is, driving myself crazy and, or grabbing my phone, which in, you know, we're not even supposed to do, um, rather than taking that time to meditate and calm down a little bit. So it's, you can do it anywhere. It's great for kids too. Kids love it. <clears throat> this is, this is awesome. And I think it's very useful. The more simple things are, the more useful and the, the easiest, uh, the easier it is for us to actually do them. And uh, I think you, um, you got to uh, an important point uh, about uh, being reactive or responsive. I've, I've read this in hardwiring happiness that, uh, when we are in a positive state and we're not in the fight, fight or flight state, um, we, we are in a, in a much better um, state to, to, to handle everything. And gratitude helps with that also to get us into that state in which we don't feel that, you, that we need to uh, feel threatened by something uh, either from the past or in the future. And... Uh, I think this this is an important part of us actually enjoying our life experience rather than just surviving, you know, and fighting our day for our next day. So um, what I also wanted to, to ask you is if you have a favorite quote on gratitude and uh, what it is. Boy, you know, I don't, I don't know that I do. I actually thought about that. I don't know that I've ever read a book specifically on gratitude. Uh, I read a lot of Eckhart Tolle and a lot of Louise Hay and, you know, people like that. I think it's just a matter of being 
of doing it. You know, uh, I can't think of one particular quote, but I know anything you can do to stay in the present moment, uh, anything you can do to focus on that positive stuff other than the negative stuff. And I know when I was doing my, I think it was my master's, uh, we were actually using one of Louise Hayes books for a textbook. And I had been reading her since high school, her little blue book of, you know, like correspondences between the body and the, and the, the thought process. And one of the things we were asked to do was look in the mirror and say, I love and accept myself just the way I am. And I remember doing that. And at first it feels weird. You're like, oh, I'm talking to myself and I'm an only child. So talking to myself is not normally a problem, but to actually look in the mirror and make eye contact with yourself and say that was, you know, the first couple of times, like I felt like an idiot. Um, but I remember teaching that to so many of my clients and there was a client I had, she was an older woman and she had a horrible, she had a, a lot of life circumstances that led her to being in a pretty negative place all the time. And so I told her about that little exercise and she looked at me and she goes, Oh, that's, I could never do that. And I said, what do you mean you could never do that? And she said, oh, this whole self-love thing, I just don't get it. And I thought, oh my God, how sad. Like, it was weird for me at first to, just to say it out loud, but for her to say I could never do that and that she totally didn't get the idea of loving herself to me was really, really sad. Um, and so I pointed out all the positive things in her life, that she eats good food and that she swims every day and that she plays bridge with her friends. And I said, you know, that's self-love. So Louise Hayes' quote about love and acceptance of where you are in this moment. We can always strive for more, but we have to, sometimes we might not like ourselves, but we always have to love ourselves. And so I think that's, that's kind of one that stood out to me. Definitely. Definitely. And it works uh, great with, uh, uh, with what it says in the Bible to, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you don't mm -hmm. love yourself and you don't appreciate yourself, you won't be able to appreciate and to love uh, your neighbor or you will be, if you're hard on yourself, um, the tendency is to, to be hard on other people as well. And especially on, on the people that are closer to you because you, they're, they're close to you and they're part of you. So you, you feel that it's, it's okay to treat them the same way. And uh, <laughs> that's not very good. Um, but what, what should we do when, when it's hard to be grateful, when things really don't seem to go our way, when uh, we may feel depressed or when we have a certain uh, bad thing happen to us? What mm -hmm. can we do to, to get back to gratitude? I think, you know, we always have choices and I think we often forget that. And if nothing else, I mean, even if there truly is no other choice, which if you look hard enough, there probably is. It might not be the best choice, but there's normally another choice. We at least have the choice to change our focus. We have the ability to change how we think about these things. And this is why I always say that stress isn't the problem because we can't control or change the stress. That's why it's stress. If we Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We could change it. It wouldn't be stress. We would just deal. Yeah, we would just solve the problem. Uh, but we can change our focus. And so I think that's really important. And gosh, I remember, you know, we all have days where we wake up and just kind of go, Ugh, and, you know, life is beating us down or, you know, 
nothing's working, the computer dies, the photos disappear, you know, what the cat throws up, all that, you know, just, hey, we have that kind of day. And I remember having that kind of day. I was just, I woke up and just no, just felt no joy. And I'm going through my day and I was just miserable and I didn't want to do anything. And just one of those days. And I saw a woman at a gas station, I stopped to get gas. And of course the pump I wanted was not working. And I was just, it just kept compounding. And I look over and there's this older woman and she's trying to put air in her tires. And my first thought was, I don't want to go help her. You know, I felt this like slight obligation of go help the older woman. And then I thought, Groover, you know, go help the woman. And so I did. I walked over and I said, you know, can I help you? Oh dear, that would be so great. And I spent, you know, spent five minutes helping this woman put air in her tires and checking the, you know, the tire with the gauge thing. And, you know, did, and I kind of, I walked away going, I feel better. You know, I got out of myself and I took that that I was feeling and I put that into productivity for somebody else. Or if I'm starting to feel overwhelmed with tasks or, oh, I don't want to do anything today because I've got, you know, so many various things going on. I see clients and I do the writing and the speaking. And, you know, so my day consists of about like four full-time jobs and there are days I don't want to do anything. Um, I, or I'm feeling that things aren't moving fast enough for me or whatever my issue is. And I take action. I do something. I'll respond to one email or I'll do one speaking proposal. I'll do one research thing. And you can get out of yourself that way. You can get out of your own way by either doing something, you know, generous to somebody else, or by just taking that negative pent up energy and moving forward on your own. Um, So I think those are things you have to change your focus. You have to look for the positive in things. You have to look at a different way of reframe those things we can tell ourselves whatever story we want i mean we really can and unfortunately we tell ourselves negative ones so change your story change make it a happy ending you know our brain doesn't recognize the difference between what we're thinking about and imagining and what's actually happening so if you're dwelling in that negative thing in the past you're going to have a fight or flight response you're going to keep reliving that over and over and over and over it's what ptsd is so change your story think about something else (laughs) exactly exactly and i remembered uh your story about uh, going to England, and I, I think this 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 would be uh, a good time for that. And uh, I would appreciate it if you would like to share uh, share it with us because I think it's it's really good uh, with having that type of moment when gratitude is <laughs> really the the last thing that you think about. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was my and you know the story already, but I'll, I'll yes, I'll yeah. tell I'll tell for all the li- for all the listeners. Um, so it was my dream to go to um, England, and I had never been out of the country before, and I had an opportunity to go, and so I spent a couple of days in London, and then I wanted to go out into the countryside. I wanted to see Stonehenge and you know, all these great things, and I realized the only way I could do it to see all of the stuff that I wanted to see was to rent a car. Like the you know get on the bus with a bunch of people was not going to work. So I rented a car my first time out of the country and I drove on the wrong side of the road on the wrong side of the car because in the States we don't do that. And I headed off into the countryside and my first stop was Stonehenge, which was just mind blowing. Absolutely amazing. And then I went to Woodhenge, which, you know, people didn't even know that existed, which is right up the street actually. And then I kept driving and I went to um, Avebury and the entire town. I mean, it's just, you're walking through these stones and it's, it's the coolest thing, this big old church with these old gravestones. And it was amazing. And then I went to Bath because that Roman influence to me was just so cool. I loved being at Bath. And then I went to a little town called Stanton Drew and Stanton Drew is, they basically have a church, a couple houses, 
and a hinge. And I had read about it in this book of sacred sites and all this stuff. And you're basically trekking through this guy's backyard to get to this hinge. And there's sheep and there's cows. And I sat in the middle of these stones and I meditated. Of course, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to meditate then. So I I sat there. I probably just daydreamed or something. Um, And I realized that if I had to get going, because my ultimate destination was Glastonbury, um, the Tor, ancient Avalon. And I wanted to sit up on that hill at sunset and like put my arms up in the air and, you know, hope some mystical thing happened. So I realized it was time to go. And I had this car thing down. I'm driving on the wrong side of the road. So I take off from Stanton Drew and I'm driving down the road. And I'm about seven miles from my bed and breakfast. And I got the radio going and I'm, I'm, all, I'm, I'm higher than I've ever been because this was just the perfect day. Dream come true. <clears throat> And I come around a blind curve and there's a truck in my lane and I swerve to miss the truck and my tire hits this low wall that sort of runs all through the countryside of England. And, you know, these roads, they're not made for barely one car, let alone a car and a truck. So I hit this low wall and my tire blows and I'm stuck there and I'm furious because my day's interrupted. My vacation's interrupted. Why is this happening to me? I felt horrible. And I really just wanted to complain. Like I wanted to stay in that negative state for a while. And I thought, you know, who can I call in California and who can I complain to? And I don't know anybody. And <clears throat> I pulled it together enough to call AAA for the tow truck to come. He said it could take up to two hours. I'm like, oh my God, two hours. This is horrible. I can't sit here for two hours. The sun's about to set and I'm missing my opportunity on the tour. And I, I kind of pull it together. I'm like, okay, okay. Got to call the lady at the bed and breakfast call the lady at the bed and breakfast. Now, meanwhile, it's starting to get cold. The sun is starting to set. All these cars are driving by. No one's stopping. I'm getting more and more irritated. I call this woman and I said, Hey, it's Kathy Groover. I'm on my way to you, but I, you know, I got run off the road and my tire blew and I'm stuck here and I'm this stupid truck. And and she stops me and she said, are you safe? Which now in hindsight, well, sure makes perfect sense. In the moment, I'm like, what the hell? What do you mean am I safe? I don't know. I'm stuck here. I'm not happy. Um, I said, I guess I'm safe. I don't know. And I started to complain again. And she interrupted me and she said, are you looking at something pretty? Am I looking at something? What is wrong with this? Like, what is wrong with you? Am I looking at something pretty? I don't know. I'm furious here on the side of the road. So I I said, I I don't, I don't, no, I don't know. And I just kind of got all flustered. And I wanted to complain to her about how horrible this was. Like, I wanted her to commiserate with me in this moment of, we all done that. We all want to like call a girlfriend and complain. And she interrupts me again and she said, so you'll sit, you'll wait, you'll look at something pretty, you'll get here when you get here. And she actually hung up the phone on me <laughs> and left me sitting there on the side of the road. I was just flabbergasted. I'm like, she just hung up on me. Oh my God, she just hung up on me. And I was furious. So this just added to that negativity of, oh my God, now I don't even have anybody to talk to about this. And I sort of took this pause and I, you know, fumed for maybe a couple more minutes. And then I realized, okay, I can't, I can't change any of this. No one's going to come magically appear to drive me to my bed and breakfast with an abandoned car on the side of the road. I have to wait. I have to wait for the AAA guy. I have to sit here. Let's look around. And so I turned away from the road for the first time. And there was this beautiful field behind me. I was sort of sitting up on this ridge and there was this field down below me. There was a tree right there. And I realized, oh my God, this is beautiful. So I kicked my legs over this low wall, it was maybe three feet tall, and I turned away from the road 
I figured the AAA guy would find me. I'm sitting there. But I, I watched this field and the sun started to go down. So those colors started to change that, that what they call God light sort of started to happen where everything went amber. And then there was all these little patches of shrubbery. And as the sun went down, I could see the shadows changing along the, the bushes. And there were cows and sheep out there and the wind would blow and I'd hear them kind of talking out there. And then the wind would blow a different way. And the smell of this sweet grass, and I've actually smelt that a couple more times. I go, oh, it smells like England. Um, and I just sat to watch the sun go down. And it was stunning, and it was beautiful, and it was in that moment. And the AAA guy came, and we changed the tire. He was maybe there in a half hour, 40 minutes. I don't even know, because I was immersed in this scene that I chose to look at. And I got to my bed and breakfast and she had dinner waiting for me and all this stuff. And I missed the sunset on the tour that night. But I realized that, that my quest, I mean, cause I truly did look at this trip as a quest. I thought I was going to have some amazing spiritual experience and I did, but it had nothing to do with standing stones. It had nothing to do with ancient Avalon. It had nothing to do with me putting my arms up in the air and hoping something was going to happen. It had to do with me listening to this woman who was smart enough to tell me, shut up just sit there and be present uh, because I hadn't studied any of this yet. I was still, you know, an infant in my um, mind to body medicine experience. And so uh, that was, that was the lesson of that trip. And I've carried that with me. That's something that occasionally will stick with me. And it even happened recently where I call, I was, I seriously almost missed a talk, like <laughs> a cucumber truck overturned on our freeway. And I'm in Santa Barbara. I'm a little bit North of LA and we have one way in, and one way out. And the freeway was blocked with cucumbers. And my first thought was, should we make a salad? Should we make some sort of like, what do we do? And, but I seriously thought I was going to miss my talk. I was like, it was, it was pushing it. And I called the, I was speaking for a cancer center and the woman said, well, Hey, you're on the coast. At least you're looking at something pretty. And I went, Oh, I am. And I sat in my car and I looked at the ocean because I had no other choice. I had no choice. I couldn't get out and clean up the cucumbers. I had to hope that it got done in time. And I made my talk with like two minutes to spare, but it's the same thing. It's like, we can always change our focus. And if you don't think there's anything pretty to look at, close your eyes and think about something pretty. Uh, you know, we, again, our brains don't know the difference. So focus on that beautiful sunset. Focus on that, the look, the giggle your kid gave you this morning when you tickled, tickled them, the, the, how cute the dog looked when he went, mm. you know, what, there's something around us that we can be grateful for. There's something around us that is beautiful. Um, so look at it, find it. That's, you know, we have the choice. Exactly. I love the story and I love the fact that um, you turn it around in a beautiful way. And I think that this is, a great metaphor for our life in general like uh, we all have challenges and we all have things that uh, make us that trigger us that make us either f uh, fight or or fight um, it's it's natural this is how things work but the one thing that we can do is to ch to change our focus to to see on the other side of the road the fact that it's actually uh, a beautiful uh evening in the countryside of england and uh there are amazing things that we can enjoy there and mm -hmm. i think it's it's the same in general in in our life um but before actually uh experiencing gratitude like um i don't know were you always taught to be to be grateful to uh see life through a grateful heart mm -mm. no i don't know that 
you know, it was never really an issue. Um, I was a pretty happy kid, but no one ever really told me to be happy. No one ever explained the whole shift your focus thing. You know, all that just sort of came out of my learning. Um, my mom passed away when I was young. Uh, she died when I was 18. And I think that, if anything, taught me the seize the moment thing that I have, that go for it. Um, because I do have this very clear knowledge that we don't know how much time we have and all we have is this moment. We don't know what the next moment is. So I think from that, I grew to realize, well, do what you want now, do what you can now, focus on the good stuff now. And again, not to say I don't have days where I'm like, oh, because <laughs> I think we all do. But again, we have a choice in that. So no, I mean, my, my, my father is, he's an amazing caregiver. He's funny. He's friendly. He can strike up a conversation with anybody. Uh, and I've definitely inherited that from him. And I think that's one of those, uh, you know, I just got back from Havana and I ended up striking up so many conversations with people. And of all things, I met a couple from Los Angeles, which is only an hour and a half away from where I live. We ended up spending a day and a half together uh, because we oh. hit it off so well, because I will turn to the person next to me and go, what do you think of this rum? Or, you know, I'll have these conversations. Uh, and I think that's focused on that getting outside of yourself thing. And I think gratitude is that as well. We can be grateful. You know, one of the things I'm so grateful for is as a dancer that my body works, that my body allows me to do the things that I want to do. And when I'm in dance class, there are times I just grin because I have so many clients and people I've worked with who can't be in this dance class with me. Either they're older or they had an accident or, you know, or they just, their bodies hurt. Um, so I'm grateful for those things inside me, but I'm also grateful for those things outside of, outside of myself. And that's how we learn and we grow is by making these connections with other people and talking to strangers to me is one of the best ways to do safe strangers, not like creepy strangers, yeah. <laughs> um, getting outside ourselves and, and experiencing those other things. Cause you learn something from everybody. Everybody you talk to knows something that you don't know. And I think that's one of the reasons we make these connections. Sometimes it's you giving them something, me helping the woman at the, and sometimes it's you getting something from them, which I, you know, it's, it's this conglomerate of things. So yeah, I think it just evolved as I did and I'm still, still growing. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I also love um, uh, another story that you shared with uh, with the trapeze. The fact that uh, so we're not going to go into all of the story because we uh, our time is nearing uh, <laughs> nearing the end. But um, I love I love the metaphor of uh, the fact that uh, we should let go, we should go for it, and uh, trust that uh, like when we fall, there is a net there, and there's something uh, that's going to to catch us, and that uh, it's safe to yeah. to do this and uh i think this is this is a, a really good one if you want to, uh, to say a few words about this yeah i started doing trapeze a couple of years ago and i thought it would just be this do it once and done thing but i i really grew to like it and because of my i love being physical physically active and i love adventure and i love that feeling of flying like put me on a swing as a little kid oh you, I, you couldn't get me off the swing that was my that was sort of my safe place was that feeling of going back and forth so when i discovered trapeze i was absolutely hooked but you know it's a scary thing you have to climb this really tall ladder and you're standing on this teeny little platform with sometimes three or four other people you're kind of going this this is not possible um and the bar is really really heavy and you reach out and it sort of pulls you out and you have to hold yourself back for just that right moment and the more i started doing trapeze i realized it wasn't just an adventure it truly was a metaphor for mindfulness and 
and that life thing of you have to go for it. At some point you have to jump off that platform and you have to let go. You have to trust, okay, I'm going to let go. And there's been so many people who go to do trapeze specifically to overcome that fear, which I think is a great, it's a very safe way to do it because you're belayed in. There's a net, there's people there holding you. You've got ropes, a little safer than, you know, cliff jumping or all that kind of stuff. Um, but there's so many people who finally jump off the platform, typically with a scream, which is always kind of funny because it echoes through everything. Um, but then they don't want to let go. They're terrified to do that fall. And in looking at them, it's so interesting because from our perspective on the ground, we go, yeah, but you're only going to fall like four feet and there's a net there. But they don't know that. They just know that they're hanging there. And so many times the coaches have gone, you're going to let go one way or the other because at some point you can't hang on anymore. So you might as well let go and not exhaust yourself. You might as well let go when they tell you to, as opposed to trying to muzzle your way through it. And then they go bloop and they're like, Oh, that was it. You know? So it is, it's about, and I just realized as I was saying that it's about shifting your perspective too, because others can see things that you can't. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a parallel. It's a metaphor for so many things, but really go for it. Jump off the platform. Everybody right now, go do something that, you've never done before. I have clients that have never had a meal in a restaurant by themselves. And I eat by myself all the time because I travel by myself when my husband can't be with me. And I'm an only child. I'm very comfortable being by myself, but you know, go try a different restaurant, drive a different way to work, go try an activity you've never done, try a food you've never tried. Go for it. What, why not have that experience? If you don't like it, you'll never have to do it again. You know? Um, but it's just, I, I love encouraging people to get outside of their comfort zone this is how we learn and grow and expand. So yeah, jump off the platform. There's a net. It's okay. <laughs> and exactly. And there is another thing that, uh, that I love about this metaphor that you, that you also mentioned the fact that, uh, there is when you let go and when you, when you take the, the step, uh, there's someone to catch you and to go to get you to the other side somehow. And I think this is, like this is such a great metaphor for so many things. And I forgot to mention this and I think it's quite important because when you let go, um, people might appear in your life that can help you get to the other side. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this, this, is, this is amazing. Like uh, it's, it's very inspiring because it's very visual, at, at least for me. Like when you, when you see this, it's much more clear than uh, when you make a bold decision in your life or when you tried something new. Because you don't know what's going to happen, but with with the trapeze, you know how things should be going. At least when you're when you're down and you look up at at that. <laughs> Maybe right. when you're actually there, it's not that clear, but uh, yeah. it's still a good ma- metaphor. Uh, so, um, do you have a few people in your life that you feel uh, particularly grateful for? Like they've impacted you, they've helped you along your way, and that you would like to mention. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, my husband, uh, we've been together 20 years and he's, I'm so happy he's in my life. We're such amazing partners. Um, so that's cool. I'm, I'm glad for my father. He, he raised me, um, and he took such good care of my mom. So that's, you know, always so grateful for that. And, you know, there's been so many, (laughs) so many people that just weave in and out, you know, whether it's a guy in an elevator or uh, a woman in a grocery store, you know, I'm grateful for all of those people who have crossed paths with me. Uh, I've had a couple teachers, who've been so instru- instrumental to helping me develop who I am. And I, I could say names for hours, uh, but you know, there was a woman named Mrs. Ireland who she's passed, she's passed away now, but she was amazing. A couple clients of mine, Dorothy and Alice and all of my clients, every, everybody that weaves in that has 
that smallest little influence has led us to, you know, it's that little drop. And it's like, oh, well, I'm just putting a dropper in. Yeah, but you get a hundred droppers and you have a whole bucket. So we have to gather all that from everywhere. So yeah, so, so, so many people, but yeah, my husband, my, my dad, uh, a couple of my teachers and mentors and yeah, it's, it's, I have a very, full, I'm surrounded by amazing people. Everybody that I come in contact with, I try to get some little connection with. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very rich. It's very rich. That's amazing. I totally agree. And I think that we can definitely learn and get something from anyone and everyone uh, that we meet. If we, if we are in, in that uh, way of thinking and of seeing the world. So um, where can our audience find you? Where can our audience see your work? Yeah, um, I have two sites. Uh, TheAlternativeMedicineCabinet.com is sort of my more general site. All of my books are there. Lots of links to past media, a bunch of free resources, different websites I've found and things like that. Um, so that's there, all of my books. And then KathyGroover.com is my speaking site. So if there's an opportunity for a workshop, a lecture, or a conference, please let me know. Getting on stage and speaking is really one of my most favorite things. And links to my TEDx talk are there and all my books and all that good stuff too. So KathyGroover.com and the alternative medicine cabinet.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our time together. I think uh, you're an amazing person and that uh, you shared some, some great things. And I love the fact that we, we did something practical as well. Yeah. And uh, hopefully our audience will, um, will take this as a habit whenever they, they're stressed out. And uh, yeah, thank cool. you so Thanks much. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. Help us reach our goal of inspiring 100,000 people by sharing this podcast with your loved ones, with your Facebook friends. And if you loved this episode, please write a review on iTunes.